Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome in. It is The Big Show. I'm Gordon Monson. Sitting in along with Austin Horton, who's producing this show today. Hans Olsen will I'm be, Gordon Monson. Hans Olsen will be joining us uh, at some point, sitting in for the yet vacationing Jake Scott. Austin, what do you think Jake's doing right about now? Uh, I believe that Jake right now is bailing himself out of jail. I don't know if we're allowed to tell anybody where he is, but uh, I imagine he's having Jail. a good time. Oh. You know, the location, the overall, the geographical region. I honestly don't know where he is. I don't. He didn't tell me. So I'm assuming he's in jail. Speaking of vacationing and uh, having a good time, a friend of my family happened to be staying at a posh hotel resort in Cabo. Uh-huh. Happened to run into a few jazz players. Uh-huh. And? Down there. And uh, it, uh, <laughs> ran into, uh, oh, maybe Schmike Schmonley, you know? In Cabo? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, said, hey, I'm a jazz fan. He said, come on over here and took pictures. Very cordial, very nice. Well, that's unlike Mike Conley. And there, I think, uh, I think, uh, am I allowed to disclose the location where these guys are vacationing? I don't, if they're tweeting and Facebooking and Instagram. I don't know if they are. I just know because my friend saw him down there. Bogdanovich was down there and maybe a few others. Good for them, man. I, w- I, I wish I was there. Yeah. Uh, you ever been to Instead, Cabo? Instead, I'm here in a room with you. <laughs> you ever been to Cabo? No. It's a nice place. I mean, it's uh, a little more kind of desert y, say, than tropical. Mm. You know, uh, here's, here's where I've sand been. Sand and water. Here's where I've been outside these borders of these here United States <laughs> Medicine Hat, Alberta. <laughs> okay. And Tijuana, Mexico. What? No, why'd you go to those places? For fun. <laughs> you wanted to bolt the country? Yeah. yeah. Did you have to get a passport for that? <laughs> no. It didn't. Well, actually, when I went to Medicine Hat, I was like eight or nine, and they didn't care then. Kids don't need passports? Our whole family didn't need a passport. None of us had a passport. They just searched our car. Funny story about that. The At the border patrol, at the border, they asked me, hey, do you know these people? And I thought they meant themselves, like the, the Border Patrol people. I was like, no. 
and they were talking about my parents. So then they detained us and separated us and questioned us. And then I went to Tijuana in uh, in high school like a year before they cracked down on that whole thing. So and no passport you, needed then. What did you do in Tijuana? Goofed off. <laughs> Had some really really good street tacos and bought some really really cheap sunglasses and just saw some really really amazing things. Like, can can you tell us what you may have been up to as a seventeen-year-old? Uh, I think I was only sixteen, but we just honestly we just goofed off. We didn't get into too much debauchery. All right. Although my friend did try to sneak a ninja star back over across the border in his shoe. <laughs> that didn't go so well. <laughs> did you get stopped and searched? I didn't. He did. And you know what? Amazingly, they just took it and said, "Get out of here." Really? Yeah, it was pretty cool. So anyway, it's vacation time for jazz players, you know, and uh, and for Jake Scott. Still. Is Jake with them? <laughs> no, he's not with them. He's not my source. Okay, but uh, dependable. Who uh, is your source? Friend of the family. So no. Where's Bowler? Oh, I'd said that in your ear, not on air. <laughs> Bowler's got to be vacationed somewhere. Anyway, so uh, the break in the action, you saw what took place over the weekend with uh, with the All-Star activities, and we'll get into that in detail. Uh, get some of, uh, stir some thoughts from within you about that. The Jazz second half of the season, how's that going to go? We saw... Um, we saw that LSU is on the schedule for the University of Utah now. BYU is going to play Houston on national TV in college football. BYU's basketball team ranked Daytona 500. We'll get into that as well. And uh, baseball, still in the news. And this is a story that I think, at first, I thought really needed a lot of light shined on it. But I think eventually we're going to get really burned out on that, Mr. Baseball. What's your prediction? Uh, I ranted and yelled and screamed about it for almost 20 straight minutes today, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I've said my piece. I, I'm so, I think this is the worst that's ever happened in baseball. It's, it's, it's remarkable how many, not just players, but star players are stepping up now and speaking their mind about it, and I don't see very many who are <laughs> suggesting that anybody go soft on the Houston Astros. I mean, even your guy, Mike Trout, is speaking out, and when he's one of those guys that doesn't really talk a lot, but when he does, I think a lot of people listen as they yeah. should. Yeah, a lot of people don't know what his voice sounds like, and here, <laughs> here he, he's speaking, and you have to be told it's him. But uh, Gordon, I, I've said this: I think the commissioner is now complicit in this whole thing, and that's what makes me the most mad. Well, a lot of people are angry at Manfred. What, what is he? What is his thought process? Excusing, uh, kind of not really excusing it, but not really. Swinging the hammer the way he should. Well, he said, there, did you see the Astros? This is something he said, Gordon. Did you see the Astros players' faces? They've been punished enough. <laughs> okay. All right. Was this preschool? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like it uh, is proper. And a lot of people are, are coming strong with it, saying, hey, man, come on. Get it together. You can't tolerate this kind of thing. You see what Aaron Judge said about this? Let me get the direct quote. Aaron Judge of the Yankees. Speaking about the Astros' World Series title, quote, I just don't think it holds any value. You cheated, 
and you didn't earn it. That is that's strong, man. I mean, the Astros. You talk to the Astros; they're kind of like, oh, really didn't make any difference. It didn't really help us. BS. Everybody else is calling them out on it as they should. Yeah, I, I think it helped you better than steroids would have helped you. To know what pitch is coming, yeah, that's, that's better than steroids. What about the argument that they say, well, they didn't have it going uh, and on uh, on the road, and their road record was as good as their record at home? Yeah, and there's no aliens in Roswell either. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we just like to hold things under lockdown and not let anyone in for no reason. Come on, let's believe the truth here. As I said, Hans Olsen will be joining us shortly. Uh, our guest today, Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix, will join us for NBA Daily Assist at 4. Band of the day is You Pick It Tuesday. <laughs> That's not what it's called. <laughs> we need a theme. What is, what is it called? You can pick your band, the band can pick you, but you can't pick your friend's band. Is that where you're going with this? No, it's Total Request Tuesday. Total Request Tuesday. Yeah. We need We've to... only done it for three years. Oh, I know. I don't... And what theme What theme can we go with today? Uh, well, well, how about song, angry songs? Songs about cheating? Okay. All right. Here we are. <laughs> I mean... That'll be a country music Tuesday. <laughs> There's a lot of songs about cheating. Yeah, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll think about it. Yeah, we will. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and do our split story of the day. Start with stop one. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Little twisting shot by Mitchell. Kept alive by Giannis. And this time... Mitchell puts it home. Paul George back in 2016. Mitchell with a driving hook. Obviously, they're not playing the clock as Gobert is able to hit. And a foul. With 25 points again. And Reggie, it'll be interesting as Davis and James back in the game. Oh, what shot there by Gobert. Oh. Gobert bothering Sabonis on that shot. Got a custom to be open. That's right. He needs three bodies around him. Trey Young with a beautiful move. Gobert can't hit the funnel. Gobert is fouled. 20 seconds in the quarter. Here's Young wide open. Can't hit the three. Oh! It is put down by Gobert. When the announcers say, oh, you know, some good happened. Rudy Gobert. I want to talk about Gobert. Oh. <laughs> talk about Gobert and Donovan Mitchell in a second. But first, when I hear Marv Albert call a game, he has gotten to the point now that he sounds like he's almost a parody of himself. You know, I I, I don't I don't dislike it. I, I oh, like it. I I dislike it. You don't like Marv Albert? No, I, I was telling Adrian today on the air, it, you can hear the dust coming out of his <laughs> vocal cords. Yeah, but he's been there for so long, and I appreciate that. Longevity's a good thing. It's like Bob Ross is calling a game, man. <laughs> have, have, have a heartbeat. <laughs> Who would you prefer? Anyone. I'd like Dan Schulman, but he does college basketball. How about Kevin Harlan? Fine. Yeah. I would take Tony Parks. Doing a Marv Albert impression <laughs> over actual Marv Albert at this point. It's like so-and-so goes, raises up for a bomb. So-and-so, 4-3. You know, you got it memorized. And Trey Young with you the three-pointer. You can almost see it coming before it does or hear it coming anyway. The All-Star Weekend. 
Uh, let me say this. Uh, it started strong with Common. I thought he was, that thing he did, I really liked. You're looking at me with a disgusted look. You never knew who he was before yes, this I weekend? I knew every bit of it. Yeah, everyone knows who Common is. What 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 uh, what movie did he win an Oscar for? Oh, I don't know, but <laughs> I, I know who he is. I thought he did a terrific job on that. Sure. Might have been slightly over the top, but it is showbiz. <laughs> I mean, if, if, if any sporting event is showbiz, it's this. In fact, I saw somebody tweeted out during the game that uh, uh, this, uh, this entertainment will be interrupted periodically by little hoops. Well said, yeah. <laughs> That's really the way it was. It's not my thing, really, because the whole reason I got into sports to begin with was for the competition. That's what I love about it. What's your thing? What's your favorite thing about watching sports, Austin? What, what do you like the most? Do you like the showbiz factor? Do you like the, the fights? Entertainment? Do you like the? Uh, do you like uh, uh, rooting for your team? Do you like the drama? For me, it's the competition. Yeah, the the drama of the competition would be my answer. Yeah, yeah. It's like who described it as a uh, as a, sort of a soap opera for a lot of guys. Now, women are sports fans, too, but, I mean, it is. It, it's sort of, but we don't know the ending, and that's the best part about it. Unless it's baseball, yeah, <laughs> or the NFL. Okay. Anyway, the or game. Or the draft lottery. The game itself, I thought, started a little slow. It was typical of an all-star game. No, no defense whatsoever, and I was bummed for the first little while, and, uh, and then... As the game progressed, you saw what happened in the third quarter, setting up the fourth quarter, and uh, the first team to twenty getting the 157, as it turned out, wins the game. I thought that was terrific. I don't think I'm alone in that. seems like most of the commentary that we've seen, Austin, agrees with that. Where are you? Did you love it? I loved every second of that fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, those guys, the, the NBA players were the best they've been all season. In that fourth quarter. It, it was, looks like Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Yeah, and I and I like the format. I like the fact that they all knew what, what the other team couldn't get to. That was that was a cool factor, man. I've, I've seen the people suggest that kind of thing for all games. You know, have a certain, like 100 points, first team to 100 wins. And I always just sort of scoffed at that. It never made much sense to me. But I... This is the first time I've really seen it play out like but that. But this wasn't a real game. Yeah, I know, but it, you got to admit, if it had been a real good game, it would have been cool. Well, it was cool. It's like baseball. I mean, well, the good thing about baseball is there's not a clock attached to it. That's the good thing about baseball. I mean, don't you? That's the worst part of baseball, oh, man. Oh, I like the. There's fact no that... clock. Yeah, you could be there an hour and a half. You could be there seven hours. That's a good thing. Uh, well, it's like the dentist. Not, not. <laughs> Not from a standpoint of our business. We like to know when it's all going to be done. It's like having an afternoon appointment at the dentist. If the guy in the morning is an hour late, you're at least going to be an hour late. If the middle reliever can't hit the strike zone, you're at least going to be there another hour. Oh, man. Anyway, I like the way the format. I I don't like exhibitions, man. I don't like things that don't count. I I hate preseason games. I don't like what I, I don't like uh, you know just watching to watch people play. Make it mean something, and these guys did in that fourth quarter. Prior to the fourth quarter, Rudy Gobert played absolutely fantastic, and a lot of guys have been talking about this today. I know, and a lot of our listeners thinking about it. But we wondered how Rudy would fit into the All Star game. As it turns out, he fits in very nicely. 
10 of 11 from the floor, scored 21 points, grabbed 11 rebounds, and had he played in the fourth quarter, he probably would have been the MVP. I mean, I think he would have been. He played fantastic, and his teammates found him, found a way to utilize him. It was a thing of beauty. I mean, the put-back dunk, a one-handed put-back, that was a thing of glory. That was so sweet. He showed good hands, taking passes on the alley-oops. Played really well. Donovan was okay, 3 of 10. Uh, And then... Neither played in the fourth quarter when the game was on the line, and a lot of Jazz fans kind of ticked off about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that had uh, Nick Nurse been coaching this game the way he should have, then I would have had Rudy Gobert in that game, especially since the uh, team Giannis had the lead heading into that fourth quarter. And all they got to do is play some defense, and they win that. And uh, they did play some defense, as it turned out. But I think they would have played better defense with Rudy Gobert involved for obvious reasons. Did you notice, Austin, that Team Giannis in the fourth quarter was made up of all Eastern Conference players? Uh Uh-huh. And Team LeBron was made up completely... Of Western Conference players? And mostly Lakers. I mean, two out of five. But... The coach may have had something mm-hmm. to do with that. But Does that bother that? you? Did it bother you that no. Nick Nurse played it the way he did? I heard one of the, I forget which one of the guys said it, uh, said that the best teams, the best players on both teams were on the floor. I'm not sure I completely agreed with that, but... I mean, it was cool the way it played out. And I wasn't really angry, but I thought that Rudy could have played a role. Donovan, maybe not so much, but Rudy should have been on the floor, in my opinion. Yeah, when the other team needs two points, one point to get to to win the game, why is Rudy Gobert not on the floor? I'm I'm with you with that one. Did anybody ask Nick about it? Was he questioned on this at all, or did nobody care? I don't know if they asked Nick Nurse about it, but they asked Rudy if he had received any explanation. He said no, but he didn't really mind. He said he was just grateful to be there. Yeah. He didn't, and it really doesn't matter. But still, it was—it would have been cool to see how Rudy would have responded, guarding that basket the way he's so capable of. When you can't let the other team score, and then as far as the free throw ending, you got to do it that way. Some people say, you know, you go down to any run in the city or anywhere, really, uh, you got to win by two, right? You got to. Uh, so maybe they should think about changing that aspect. But as far as as, what do they call it? The Elam ending? Is that what it's called? Elam? Yeah. I don't, I've not heard that term. Anyway, first uh, first one to score a certain amount of points. I, I like the idea, and it seemed to crank the intensity up, which, as I've already stated, I really like that aspect of the whole thing. It was the best finish to an All-Star game that I can remember in many, many years, and uh, they should continue on with it. The Jazz, they were well represented, even though they didn't play in the last quarter. And then the dunk contest. I want to get into this a little bit. We'll save it for the next segment. But uh, I want to get your thoughts on how that 
went down, whether you enjoyed it, whether you thought it was a waste of time, whether you liked the way it ended. We'll get into that. Uh, are you all excited about having the All-Star game coming to Salt Lake in 2023? That's what I was thinking of as I was watching that. Chicago, there was a lot of Chicago-centric stuff going on in the 2020 All-Star game. It made me wonder, how, how is it going to be? Is there going to be Salt Lake-centric stuff going on in 2023? We'll talk about that. Austin, what do you got over there? Yeah, we got, we're got. Uh, we pleased to have our friends from TridayTrading.com on the show today. And Phil, Coach Phil, is with us. And I know a lot of our listeners, Gordon, uh, are, are looking for a way to make some extra money without having to get that full-time extra job or whatever. And Phil and the folks down at TridayTrading.com have got a propri- proprietary software that can help you do that. Phil, welcome back to the show. I think the number one question that I hear from people People, and I have myself about TridayTrading.com in the past, is what's the catch? What, 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 what does it take for someone like me or one of our listeners to get involved and to get started? Gotcha. Well, first, thanks for having me back on. It's good to, good to talk to you guys. Uh, there is no, I mean, there's no catch. We do a, a free webinar where you guys can hop on, uh, really get a chance to, to check out not only us, but our indicators, how we trade, and then do the trial. I mean, the trial is going to give you 30 days, uh, be able to work with somebody like myself throughout that time to figure out is, is trading for you? Is it something that you would want to put the time, effort, and, and discipline into i mean you're getting the the trial for ten dollars gives you a full month to check things out and then you can really make an educated decision if if this is something you wanted to do and phil someone like me who doesn't know the difference between nasdaq and nascar is this something i can still get on board with or do you have to have like an extensive education here well i believe like i've been working with alema a little bit and he doesn't seem like he's the brightest uh (laughs) as well no i'm just joking you said Uh, it i believe it but i mean you said it yeah when I, I didn't know anything when I first started either, and, and we all make the joke about Coach Phil, but, man, I'm, I'm a basketball head. I, I coach basketball and play, and I think as long as you're willing to put the effort and uh, the, the discipline into learning something new, you'll be, you'll be just fine. You don't need to be the, the sharpest tool in the box. You guys are always doing these, uh, these webinars. When's the next one? How do we get involved on that? So if you just go to TridayTrading.com, uh, it has the entire uh, schedule listed on there for you. You can choose. They do multiple times a day. Uh, so you can choose whether you want to do a morning one or an evening one. Uh, but right there on the website, it does it. The, the webinar is about 40 minutes long. It'll go through all of the details and then uh, hop in, do the trial, and check out and see if it's something for you or not. And how much are we talking here, Phil? How much extra do, can the average Joe out there uh, expect to try and make? by doing uh, trading with you guys? Yeah, we, we like to, I mean, you look at putting in an, an additional hour, two hours a day uh, can get you in that, you know, the, the couple thousand dollars a month range. It could get you into multiple thousand dollars a month range. It, ju- it really just depends on, you know, how much time do you want to put into it? Obviously, the more time you put into it, the, the results are going to be higher. Uh, so some people do it part time. Some people end up leaving their job and, and just trading. And, and so there, there's, there's really a variance of what you can make, but it, it really comes down to, to time. Love the idea of being able to work from the beach. Uh, if, as long as you got the Wi-Fi, you can make this happen. Uh, Phil, exactly. thanks for being back on the show. We'll talk to you guys throughout the afternoon. I know Hans, Scotty, as you mentioned, Alema, they've all been on board and doing this, and Hans will be by to uh, give his testimony to it as well, but we'll catch up with you again. Thanks, Phil. 
Perfect. Thanks. More of The Big Show coming up next with Hans Olsen joining Gordon Monson right here on The Zone. This is DJ and PK. PK, we have our own line of apparel now. It's about time. I'm going to be partnering with these guys. We're going to have a whole lot of stuff. We're going to start with the t-shirts, and this is just the start. I'm thinking about early 2021, we'll have some sporting goods available. You want to golf, you'll be able to get some DJ and PK <laughs> golf clubs. Around 2024, I anticipate us breaking into the automotive industry. <laughs> so we're in negotiations now. Pretty soon, you know, That's BYU and Utah, they'll be playing with <laughs> DJ and PK footballs. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go town! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. I'm Gordon Monson. Jake Scott is on vacation. Austin Borden alongside. Hans Olsen will be joining us here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Coming up uh, momentarily. Band of the day, Austin. Uh, who's bringing that to us? Uh, Band of the day brought to you each and every day by LiveNation.com. Uh, Live Nation concerts, rather, buy concert tickets. Get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. And it is a total request Tuesday. And you had a you had a pretty good idea for a theme at Austin Horton. If you want to request a song on Twitter, songs about cheating, courtesy of the Houston Astros and Rob Manfred. He's cheating too. Uh, at this point, yeah, he's he's allowing the cheating. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think he's worse than Bud Selig. We'll get into that. Uh, boy, that's saying something. I'm dead serious, man. Did you think that? Did you think he was doing a crappy job before this happened? Or is this the thing that's just pushing you way over the top? I was undecided about him. I, you know, I don't know baseball commissioner Robert Manfred from uh, anyone else on this planet that I've never met. But uh, I certainly think that he is complicit in the idea that cheating's okay just as long as you don't uh, uh, run the team or coach the team. Then you're, then you're in trouble. The players uh, have suffered enough. Just look at them. I have that quote. If we, and we'll, if we can play it at some point, he said, "Someone asked him why. Why do you? Why did you decide not to punish the players?" And he said, "Well, if you saw the look on the Astros players' faces, they're sorry enough." <laughs> okay, oh, man. I you know I wish that would have worked for my dad when I was a kid. Right. I was doing stupid things. Right. Uh, or or the law. Can you imagine the police officer pulling you over? Sir, you're going 130 in this school zone here. And you're like, I am so sorry. He's like, well, it looks like you've, uh, you're sorry enough. On your way, please. You know, my dad, I, when I was a kid, I used to try and talk my way out of stuff. And I'm sure you did as well. But how is doesn't your sound dad, like you at all. How is, how is that all work with your dad? Because my dad, he, I, forget about it. You weren't going to talk him. You weren't going to talk your way out of anything. He just looked at you like, 
take that BS somewhere else. So. Uh, well, you know, I've shared with the listeners before my dad's occupation was uh, he worked in a jail <laughs> where he he essentially, uh, you know, uh, heard whining and complaining from adults all day who had felt they got a fair sh- uh, an unfair shake, even though it was at their own doing. He didn't have any time for coming home and hearing it from other people who weren't in jail. So, What's the worst punishment he ever meted out to you? That, oh gosh! Whether you can talk about on the air, you know I mean, my my mother was my mother was the master plan of the punishments. She she found a way to make it to where it was excruciate. We didn't you know there wasn't any corporal punishment or anything uh-huh. like that in our house, but she found ways to make it very 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 a uh, very hard decision when we were deciding between right and wrong. So she was the mastermind, and your dad was the enforcer. No, I don't even know if my dad was necessarily. I wouldn't call him the enforcer. It was just. It was more of a tandem thing. It was they were. They had a, a pretty strong front. Whatever mom said, that's what went. And so, but, what was the worst of it? Oh God, uh, you know, uh, probably having to listen to some kind of a lecture on uh, scriptures or something at some point. Yeah. My brother, my a brother, sure is the worst you got, dude. You gotta. I love my mom. I love her. <laughs> But she's a school teacher. She can go on and on and on and on about all kinds of stuff. And if you interrupt her, starting over from the very beginning. Uh, my brother had probably the worst punishment. Man. He had to, by hand, weed every crack of the driveway with just his fingers and get every little blade of weed out of the, uh, out of the cracks of the driveway in the heat of the summer. And what did he do to deserve well, that? So uh, we, we played soccer in our house growing up. and Inside the house? Well, sometimes, yeah. But, uh, but my mom uh, had bought him some new cleats that were really, really expensive. And the next day after she had bought them for him, they went on sale. And so she told him, don't wear those. I'm going to return them and then bring them back at a, different, at a lower price. Uh-huh. Well, he went and wore them anyway. She didn't know. She went to the store, bought the ones that were cheaper, came back. He had ruined the ones at the full price, and then he had these other ones. And so she said, well, for that, you're going to have to do this. Your mom, has she right? She's, that's a little diabolical, making him weed by hand. Well, and here's what my mom would, was really good at. Like, if I didn't want to go to, I don't know, to, to, to church, per se. <laughs> not that I would ever not want to go to church, but uh, she'd say, that's fine. It's your choice. But you're not going to sit home and play video games. You're not going to sit home and sleep. You're not going to sit home and do anything you want. You're going to read this such and such. You're going to do this such and such report. And I'm going to quiz you on it when I get back. And you're going to make dinner and you're going to clean the house and you're going to do the dishes and on and on and on to the point where you're like, fine, I'll go sit and be bored in church. I still am not feeling sorry for you. I told you the story about how when I was a little kid and my dad grounded me from the TV for a month. They had TV then, huh? They did. Okay. A month! Well, what? there were three channels. What were you missing? Well, there were UHF channels, too. <laughs> but a no, month. No, how'd he do that? Back then, there weren't computers. There weren't other forms of entertainment. There weren't video games, nothing like that. Didn't you have your stick in your hoop to run down the hill with? <laughs> anyway... Oh, poor us. What about your bike with the big wheel and the little wheel? I will say this, that, uh, you know, in that uh, in the great eternities, uh, if Rob Manfred is going to dish out uh, penalties like that, then I wouldn't mind him being my judge. Absolutely. I'm sorry enough, I swear. <laughs> look at him. Just look at my sad, look frowny at face.
All right, I watched the dunk contest. Austin, don't know if you did. Derek Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon going at it. And that, for the first time in years, was fun for me. Uh, Jones won it. Uh, but Gordon hit one of the most spectacular dunks I've ever seen. That whirling dervish dunk from the left side. Uh, that was remarkable. I really like that. And I generally have grown tired of the dunk contest. But I thought that was cool. I think they both should have won it. And I'm not really into draws, soccer, ending games, uh, tied and whatnot. But I thought since they uh, were tied for so long that they probably should have awarded it to both of them. Although then I thought, well, the sponsors want to dish out first place uh, to both of these guys and have to put up with all that. No, probably not. No ties. No ties. That's as bad as saying they're sorry enough. Yeah, but the, the judging, and see, this is one of my problems with refereeing in basketball. They're on the take? Because refereeing is the, what makes uh, basketball the most, like it ties it to gymnastics and diving and figure skating. Art galleries. Where, <laughs> where somebody who is empowered awards who the winner. I mean, I don't like that. I want to see it earned. And I don't like trusting the judgment of somebody else to uh, empower it or to enable it, but how do you, how would you not? How would you do a there's contest no, like? No other yeah, way. I don't. There's no other way. And but by the way, I mean I have to like it. In fact, I think gymnasts are terrific athletes, unbelievable athletes. I just don't like somebody sitting back and going, "All right, I'm going to give this person over here a fraction more than that person over there." I, yeah, yeah. It seems too subjective to me. What is a whirling dervish? What is that? Uh, a whirling dervish. Isn't that like a religious dance? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> well, I think it's like a sacred dance. <laughs> I'm not sure that Aaron Gordon was sacredly dancing through the air with the basketball. Well, he, was, he did that spin move. It looked like an act of God. I'm with you there. But I don't know that it was a whirling dervish. Am I wrong? Was that one of the best dunks you've ever seen? It was incredible. But Hans, was, did it look like a religious dance to you that Aaron Gordon was doing or it's just a, a, a dunk? You know, it, it, looked, it looked a little bit like some type of religious dance. Oh, did it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would you call it a whirling dervish, even? Hey, will you look that up, Mr. No? I did! It's a sacred dance. Whirling dervish? Yes, it says, the Sufi whirling is a form of physically active meditation which originated among Sufis and which is still practiced by the Sufi dervishes of the Mevlev. <laughs> well, then, I'm sorry. So watch yourself, man. Aaron Gordon is no Sufi Medlevy. But he's good. Man, his dunks are good. I mean, it was a it was a bit of a religious thing. Was that not the best dunk you've ever seen? Yeah, one of them. Yeah, it was one of them for sure. That was one of the better dunk contests I've seen oh, yeah. in a long time. I, I love both of them. Brought me closer to God. Aaron, well, yeah, I mean, but uh, Jones Jr. getting the win. Come on, I, I'm stepping in on this conversation a little bit late, but that that was Aaron Gordon's victory, right? Did you guys yes. agree with yeah, that? Or? He had the best dunk of the bunch, and I, you know, it was. He had all tens until that last thing when they were going. Okay, we got to end this. Did he completely clear Taco Fall? Nope. No. Okay, so if Taco Fall doesn't bring his hands, if he brings his hands down, does he still? Because it looked like he caught Taco Fall's fingers, not his head. Oh, I thought it looked like he climbed up the yeah, back of his neck over I, his head. And, um, yeah. I thought I thought he was about neck low. But it's still he's still up there seven four in the air of the seven six that it's, Taco Fall is. It's really hard to believe. It was great, man. I loved it. Um, so, 
That's the worst punishment. Your dad is a, he's working in a in a in a prison, and your worst pres- punishment was a lecture for your mom. I just I don't I don't I guess I had a no. There were other things, but I don't want to share them on air. Oh, okay. Oh, give us one. I did have to spend an entire summer chipping mortar off bricks because, <laughs> uh, and I don't, they claim to this day it wasn't a punishment. <laughs> That's a job. I'd come home after school every day. They, we were remodeling a house we were going to move into. Before we moved in, they were remodeling it, and they didn't want to pay for new bricks. So the bricks off the old part of the house that were torn down, I had to chain gang like John Valjean out there in the summer heat. Knocking the mortar off the bricks every day. And, so. and your dad said this is going to hurt uh, hurt me a lot more than it's hurting you. <laughs> yeah, well, sure what was your didn't. worst punishment? As a kid, was uh, being grounded from the TV for a month. Did you get, did Did you get? You know, all three channels he had. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, I still remember my family. I thought sitting punishments in the, TV. in the 20s were. He couldn't like... watch the Jim Lair News Hour. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't watch the Larry Ferrari show. <laughs> Larry Ferrari. <laughs> no, my whole. Hey fam- kids, it's Larry Ferrari. My whole family was in the TV den watching, and I was sitting outside the doorway, just sitting there. <laughs> That's harsh. While Tugboat Willie was playing. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Casablanca. First, first animation. But Dad, another silent movie's on tonight. <laughs> What's going on? It's, this is going to be a doozy. No, no, no it's not that well, bad. What, what, what was your worst punishment? That was prison. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I had some bad ones. You know, the worst punishment for me, my mom was such an amazing, sweet person that when she would tear up, because of my misbehavior, mm-hmm. that was worse than if they held me down and beat me with with some type of bamboo shoot or something. <laughs> like seeing my mom and, and the tears well up in her eyes and mm-hmm. and just shame and you know this this level of of embarrassment that her son is a complete screw up. That got to you. Huh? Yeah, that was bought at was an early bad. age. I remember um, one time. My, I, I took a, a test in seminary, and I wrote down a bunch of blasphemous answers on the Such test. As? I'm not going I, to—I I won't go <laughs> over them. Give because, us what? Uh, okay, one was, why did, why did Jesus weep when he walked into Jerusalem? And I said, because he stubbed his toe. And I don't, that's not, it's not terrible, but like that's a stupid thing to put on a seminary test. And then there were some worse ones. My seminary teacher sent that to my mom. Oh. And I came up, my mom was heartbroken, and I was fuming mad. So the next day I went to seminary, I grabbed my seminary teacher, and I put him against the wall uh, uh, hard. Jeez. And I looked him in the eye, and I said, if you're not man enough to handle this problem yourself, then maybe you should get out of this occupation. And then they kicked me out of seminary forever. So I... I came home, and of course, that gets back to my parents. I came Was home. That punishment or reward? <laughs> no. Well, it ended up being a reward. I'll tell you why later. But um, I came home, and my dad had caught news of this. Uh oh. And I walked in, and my dad is standing there, and you know, I'm I'm a senior. Well, I guess as a junior, but I'm still six four and probably two forty five, and an absolute just physical beast, and. I walked in and my dad looked me square in the eye. It's the first time he's ever said this to me. And he said, I'm going to kick your butt. And I looked at him and I said, let's get real, dad. That's not happening. <laughs> and he said, and then all of a sudden his demeanor changes and he goes, 
Well, I'll have your mom kick your butt. <laughs> it was that the would best. Be happening. Oh man, it was the best. And you know, it was the punishment for me was just my parents being ashamed and embarrassed of me. Hmm. That was hard. Dealt with that a lot. All right, just real quick, a friend of mine. This really happened. It sounds apocryphal, but it actually happened. One of my best friends growing up. He's. <laughs> His mom had this rule that you don't walk through the living room because it had a white carpet. Okay. And he and a friend walked through there. It wasn't me. Walked through there, and they had mud on their on their shoes, and they walked across her carpet, and it was staining the carpet. And when she found out he had this favorite teddy bear stuffed animal thing, yeah. He swears this happened. I was not there to watch it, but he swears she dumped lighter fluid on his teddy bear and burnt his teddy bear in front of him. Now, when I think of that story and I think of Hans, then I think of Christopher, and I wonder oh, how. Oh no, that you don't burn gone. Christopher. No, you don't be. That that would be like them trying to feed their your chicken to you. Hey, by the way, you heard that? That's what Coach Max's parents did to him. What? You've heard Ron McBride tell us. They lit a chicken on fire? No, they fed him his own pet duck. Wow. Have you not heard that story? Never. I thought I'd heard everything. Coach Mack's parents, well, I think it was his dad, fed him his own duck. As a punishment? Yes. Yes, call him. It's the worst punishment I've ever ever heard of. What's roast duck taste like? Never had it. I've had goose liver. I've had duck... And I've never. What, what is that pate? What is goose liver? <laughs> yeah, it's We're just so kind of like this. Oh, when is Jake back? <laughs> oh, hey, we're telling stories. You walk in here. in here when we're going to break. <laughs> hey, <laughs> just trying to help. <laughs> Are you going to have his mom beat him up? Hans's mom or yeah. Jake's mom? mom. Yeah, at least I didn't walk in here and say, I don't want to talk about anything. <laughs> I hate sports and I hate radio. <laughs> 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 All right, we got to exit stage left. We'll be right back. We'll talk about the All Star Game coming to Salt Lake City. Talk about the Jazz moving forward now. Unless Hans doesn't want to. Next. I don't want to talk about that. Why would we talk about that? And we may hear some more stories from Hans coming up next on the Big Show. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Big time historical moment for the Utah Jazz, their fans, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and their legacies as they both take part in their first All-Star Games. There was some Stockton and Malone dynamic duo comparisons brought up. Stockton and Malone were part of 13 All-Star Games for Malone, 10 for Stockton. Ten times they played in the All-Star Game together. Nine straight. This is number one for Rudy and Donovan. I could see them, honest to goodness, going nine in a row. Like Stockton and Malone did. Really cool that this team in this market has a chance to see a Stockton and Malone type all-star tandem being in the all-star game with each other for many, many years to come. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Welcome back. It is the big show. Hans Olsen sitting in for the vacationing. Jake Scott and Austin's driving this boat. I'm Gordon Monson. And uh, Hans, because of your long-winded stories, uh, let me just turn the time right over to you because you have a friend who you want to talk to. Heck yeah, I've got a friend that's going to help everybody make a little bit of money. Trent, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing really good. I want you to talk to people about tri-day trading, and I want you to help people understand what it is that separates tri-day trading and tridaytrading.com from everybody else out there that tri- trades in a live market. Yeah, well, the best thing that I can do, i that's a really good question. I can only speak from my experience as far as, like, you know, how, what I got out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, for me, like, I personally, like, was just kind of looking for a transition in my life. Like, we owned a business, and um, I was just looking for something to kind of fit that entrepreneurial uh, lifestyle that my business had created. And we were just getting ready to sell it. And that's kind of why I found, you know, try day trading is I was looking for something and day trading just kind of seemed like it fit that. And so for me, like try day trading had a program where they taught me how to do this, how to day trade. And, and I was just like, I didn't know anybody. I'm, I'm originally from Idaho. I didn't know anybody who day traded. <laughs> and so, um, that's what was just kind of, it got me excited. I was like, yeah, I get to actually work with people who know what the heck they're doing, know how to talk about it and, and do it. And I got my education and got into the program and started trading and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for over four years now. I haven't looked back It it's did exactly and, and more than what I've expected. It really so. does. I, I want people to go check this out. Tridaytrading.com. You can sign up. The webinars are all across the day parts, so you can sign up for one that fits you, and you can ask questions in lifetime. It's fantastic. And like Trent mentioned, it's just a great way to make extra money. And, you know, Trent, I found a lot of great things about Triday Trading. Their proprietary software is incredible. Their personalized coaching is second to none. Them fully funding an account. You know, one thing that I love to express to people is you don't trade your money until you feel really good and comfortable. You start trading with Triday Trading's money. What was that like, getting your funded account? Oh, man, like that was probably the most exciting part is once you kind of got through all the training um, you know, it, it, there's some mixed emotions. Like you get a little bit nervous cause you're like, Oh, this is getting real. But I was, I still remember the very first trade that I made and I had made some money and I was like, Holy crap, like this actually works. Like it, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, you know, from there, like I just kind of kept moving forward and, um, here I am four years later. So I want our listeners to know you can do this as well. Trydaytrading.com. Go sign up, watch the free webinar. Trent, thank you so much. Yeah, you bet, guys. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Chris Mannix will join us next for NBA Daily Assist. Stay with us.